0: Dead Bodies is not for the squeamish and is intended for mature audiences. Are we on, Kirsten? Oh. Chanel looks like she's on that one. This one. One, three, three, am are we? Are we perfect? Yeah. Are we? The levels are good. <laughs> You're being generous, Kirsten. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Dead Bodies Podcast. I'm ready. Are you? Yeah.
1: Mm. I feel. Sometimes oh, we went to podcast yesterday. We didn't podcast. but oh, I'm glad we do it, it today because I feel like off. I'm full of energy. Yeah,
0: you no, know, I'm full of it too. But before we do anything, I have to pass something on to you. This was sent to you via me. So there's this lovely, lovely lady named Barbara who does a lot of craft.
1: Oh my goodness! And
0: she's made me some beautiful things over the years. I have a lovely hand-knitted St Kilda scarf.
1: Yes. Some embroidery oh, that me about she's this. done.
0: And she's made you a gift. So there you oh my are. Oh,
1: goodness. I've never received a gift. Look,
0: look what it is. Oh,
1: my goodness.
0: Tell, tell the Dead Bodies Podcast us know what you've got.
1: It's oh, my goodness. She's done cross stitch of oh. my dogs. Isn't it the best? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, oh my goodness. And she's done two little frames she's for She's given me little
1: frames oh, to put my little dogs in. That is incredible. It really looks like my dogs.
0: <laughs> That's spot on. Barbara, she's happy. There you go. That
1: is so Isn't cute. Isn't she sweet? And she's written me a little letter. Oh. Oh, no. She says, I have to say, I don't think Bruce turned out 100%. This can happen when you pinch a photo, then upload to a cross-stitch site. Oh, my goodness. She's offering to make me larger ones if I want.
0: She's she included a, a couple one. of op
1: shop frames, but she didn't want to push her taste on someone else. Oh, because
0: you know she knows that I'm crazy I about op shops. We just assume. See, them. if we shop at op shops, we assume that everyone else wants to. Um, she did me one of Harvey. That ones, is which so incredibly
1: cute. That is so <laughs> cute. I love that. Look, Thank you so the much. There's
0: of Harvey. That's so good. Is that not the cutest thing? So, good. so cute.
1: Thank you, Barb. How, I can't wait to show. So, Barbara, I just feel voice has got. I know. So when I get excited in <laughs> the newsroom, I go right up. And I say that to my bosses too. I'm right up there. I'm really full on. Um, my mum... Dabbles in cross stitch. Oh,
0: does she? Yes, yeah, she
1: does big ones. So I would, I can't wait to show her
0: yeah. this and throw down the gauntlet, Mum.
1: Really does your look turn. like Bruce? It really does. I know
0: they're very cute. Actually, <gasps> we should snap a picture. We'll put them onto our Facebook that has, page. That has made my life. I knew you'd be happy. I, I'm thrilled for oh, you. Oh my goodness! And she's so sweet. Barbara, she really is lovely. All right,
1: Thank well, you, Barbara, Barbara, let's take this shit right down now and right talk about on. some dead bodies.
0: Who's going first? Because uh, my story, I have to say, is particularly bloodthirsty. Like it's really gross. Like I feel like I need to do an extra warning. Dodd, dead bodies is not for the squeamish.
1: Why don't you go first? Mine's horrific, but freakish.
0: Okay, go. Yeah, you can have your. Mine's just plain. Oh. Okay. You well, like, first. here's the first clue that something's not great. Uh, I've titled this story, The Butcher of Wollongong. Ooh. And I'm not necessarily talking about cold cuts, if you're with me.
1: I love cold cuts.
0: Yeah. What is cold cuts?
1: It's like salami and
0: oh, ham. Oh, like an like antipasto.
1: Yeah, I love it. It's my favourite kind of eaten.
0: Really? Yeah, love it. You should be married to my husband. He loves that. Where yeah, bi- he calls it a bitzer. He wants a bit bits of this, bits of yeah, that. Yeah,
1: it's the best. Christmas Eve, Nico and I always do cold cuts.
0: He loves it's our that. Little tradition. See, I um, I hate dip, and uh, I will what? I will never Hold buy on. dip. Sorry, I hate dip. The I have hummus is the only Shit, one.
1: you have never heard anyone say I hate dip.
0: No, that's no.
1: Yeah, that is. I've never had anyone say that to me. What do you when mean? When there is
0: a, I will provide you the evidence. Any party you go to, yeah, and they put out a platter at the beginning with the you know tub of dip and stuff. When it comes, you know, and then someone starts cooking the sausages for the main course, yeah, you have a look at that plate. What's always left? There's always like a dried up, uneaten dip. People do not like the dip. Everyone loves dip. No, they don't. Why Mm. is there always dip left then? There is – you concede Mm. that. Will you give that point? There's no worship.
1: Okay. We are a big dip house. Big. But there's always – I have – I reckon I've got like five dips in my fridge right now. Is there ever – what? Yeah.
0: What flavors? There's only what
1: hummus. We would have hummus, avocado. We definitely have like a spicy capsicum, eggplant's really Ugh. good, and olive dip is my favorite. Oh god, I could be sick. Thank you, Kirsten. Is okay, on the dip boat. At this dip, point, dip, 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 dip,
0: dip, I need to just you share are not it. One of you the comments. Do not like dip. <laughs> I like hummus. Uh, I want to make you that like spinach hummus. one that in the lo- in the cob loaf. I make that at Christmas time. That's yeah, good with I the sour like cream. That. Kirsten, you're allowed to speak out loud. You're allowed to. Sorry, I
1: love dip and I love cold water. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's it's a good one. Delicious. With um, I'm just going to share one of the comments that was on our Dead Bodies Facebook page. Is it about dip? It was No, it was oh. from Chris. And Chris said, I'm worried I might have reached my waffle limit and sad face emoji. Oh,
1: okay. So All Chris
0: right. at this point has probably checked out. All okay. right.
1: Chris, we're back. Let's go
0: the butcher of wollongong I uh, just want to credit so pick this up in the book called 50 Australian crimes of the 20th century by Paul uh, Paul Bekid bit of bit on murderpedia bit of wikipedia the illawarra mercury and mm-hmm. there was an interview that went to air on abc illawarra used all of those mashed them all together oh. so new south wales in the late 1990s. And the city of Wollongong was, to use a a modern political term, a swamp of corruption and abuse. There were civic leaders involved, police, Catholic priests. Mm -hmm. And Wollongong at that time was in the grip of a heroin heroin epidemic. So, ugh. Mm. The Wood Royal Commission into Police Corruption had just been held and it had been extended to investigate pedophilia, particularly in Wollongong. Uh, That hearing ran for 451 days, evidence from 902 public witnesses and it cost $64 million. So it was a massive investigation. On June the 12th, 1998, the body of 59-year-old David O'Hearn was found in his home in Albion Park, which is a suburb of Wollongong in New South Wales. Mm -hmm. His head had been smashed in with a wine decanter. It had been cut off... And dumped in the kitchen sink, his trousers had been pulled down and his penis mutilated. Mm. His body was cut down the front with a knife, and his intestines had been removed and placed on a tray near his feet. Other sections of intestine were laid out on the breakfast bar. You could see the inside of his abdomen. Mm. How are we going?
1: I just keep thinking about the fact that you're wearing a T-shirt that says pure while you're saying all of this. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about it for the last 20 seconds that you've been talking. Sorry.
0: Far from it. Keep going. I have to do a little under note just... under. So because his insides had been cut open, his intestines had been taken out, they could see inside him was the handle of a hammer Oh. of which they could see the head of which between his buttocks so it had been shoved up <gasps> through his anus. His hand had been cut off and the stump of the severed hand had been used to write on the wall the word Satan in blood. There were knives, a razor blade, corkscrew near the body. There was blood soaking into the carpet, splattered on the furniture and curtains. So even the, the experienced police who turned up to this scene says it was by far the most gruesome scene they'd ever come across. It's pretty bad, isn't it?
1: Whoa, I've never heard of such a... That's cr- yeah okay. 2 mm-hmm.
0: weeks later, the former mayor of Wollongong, Frank Arkell, was found dead in his home in Wollongong. His head Sorry. Mm, what year are we in? 1990. She said,
1: 1998. Yeah,
0: right. I've uh, never heard this. Frank Arkell, So his head had been smashed in with a bedside lamp. There were 34 separate injuries to his head think about that? 34 separate 34. injuries to your One, head. 2, 3, yeah. 4, 5, 6, yeah. 7, 8, nine, yeah. ten, You're hitting the head. Bang, bang. I wasn't not sure if we were going all the way up to 34 yet. then. Well, if yeah. we but that's only halfway. Yeah, That's a sustained attack. Uh, an electric cord had been wrapped tightly around his neck. Now, Arkell, Frank Arkell had been known as Mr. Wollongong. He, there was this phrase, wonderful Wollongong, which had been used to describe it in tourism mm. stuff, and people said he was charming, he was lovely. But Frank Arkell had a dirty secret. He had a predilection for young boys. So when he died, <sighs> many people thought that oh, he got what was coming to him. There'd been graffiti spray-painted on his front face What fence. about the other guy? No, not in the same way that Frank Arkell had. Okay. Not that they knew at this stage. Okay. Um, Arkell Arkell's uh, his his um, business with boys had be, already become public before his yeah. death, and people were spitting on him in the street. And, oh, okay. Yeah, well known. He was public enemy number one. Six months before he died, he had been acquitted of twenty five charges of child sex, but mm. at the time of his death, he was on bail, awaiting trial on four charges of drugging and raping two teenage boys. So, who Some did this? Someone delivered their own justice. It seems, doesn't it? So, who did it? Three months after the murders, both of those murders, which were only, as I said, two weeks apart, mm-hmm. uh, a man turned up at Wollongong Police Station and confessed.
1: Yeah, right.
0: His name was Mark Valera, only 19 years old. No. Local guy. He had never come under police notice before, and he lived just a few doors down the road from David O'Hearn.
1: And they wouldn't have uh, released everything that happened to that first victim, mm. and he would have known everything that was yeah. That's a good point. Done. Yeah, because they would. There's no way they tell the media this happened to him and this happened to yes. him and he was like this. And so this guy, they would prove it. Sure. Well. Yeah. Let me tell I you a little I think they something. were pretty
0: sure. Yeah. Right from the beginning that that uh, he right was guy. their man. Yeah. So this Mark Valera, he told the police that the killing of O'Hearn, the first guy, Mm -hmm. was just random. That he didn't know O'Hearn whether he was homosexual or not. Uh, He said he'd approached him while he was gardening and asked him if he had anywhere, any accommodation, anywhere to live. Um, He said to the police, I had it in my mind that I wanted to kill someone that day. Frank Arkell, though, he said he killed because he was, quote, a very, very horrible man. So Police let, – let it be known later – that this Mark Valera had pretended to be gay so that – and can I just say, I think this – am I saying the right name? Is it Mark Valera? Of course it is. Yeah. Um, I suspect he probably was wrestling with his own sexuality –
1: Yeah, and his identity.
0: Um, So, yeah, he pretended to be gay so that this Frank Arkell would let him into his home. He, He said that they watched porn together. And when Arkell turned his back and asked Valera to have sex with him... His back's turned. Mm. Uh, Valera said he picked up the lamp and that's when he hit him over the head. Right. He kicked him in the ribs. He attacked his head with a glass ashtray as well. He strangled him. And then once Frank Arkell was dead, Valera pushed pins into his cheek and eye. So at his trial, which took place in the year 2000, Mark Valera claimed that his own father, Jack Van Crevel, I'm not sure why they've got different surnames, but they do, uh, his father had sexually and physic physically assaulted him when he was a boy, and uh, I know I've just shared the most gruesome stuff, but yeah. I've actually left out quite a bit about what he says his father did to him because it's just yeah. cause I think because it's it's well, he was a child. He's a victim as well. It's, yes,
1: uh, I know. Oh, I know the dead person's a victim, but it's ugh, you know what I mean.
0: It's talking about what happened to a child, yeah. and I just find that yeah too way nah. too upsetting. Um, so when uh. So Mark Valera said because he had been abused when he was a child when O'Hearn and Arkell had sexually propositioned him. And I believe it was actually the detail of them wanting him to be I think they phrased it, the active partner in the pairing. Mm. Meaning you you do it to me. Mm. Um it gave him flashbacks of his right. childhood, and he lost control. At least that's what he told the police. Anyway, um, he said that he killed O'Hearn immediately right after he propositioned him. Mm-hmm. But he said that um, he said later he admitted that he and Arkel had been in a sexual relationship for more than a year. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so interestingly, the jury rejected the homosexual advance defence. So they you're not allowed to kill someone just because they ask you to have yes. sex with them Yes, and they convicted Mark Valera of murder the sentencing judge Justice Studdett found that Valera's father had been violent towards him but he rejected his claim that his father had sexually abused him I find that very hard to accept because having read what he said mm. that his father did to him it was just too, too detailed. detailed and too plausible yeah. to to be thrown out by the The sentencing judge. Um, The judge also didn't accept that either O'Hearn or Arkell had propositioned him, which I also find hard to believe. So in August 2000, he was given two life terms without the possibility of parole. He later appealed, but it was dismissed, and he's still in Goulburn jail. The story doesn't end there, though. Less than two weeks after his sentence was handed down and he was sent to jail, Mark Valera's father, Jack Van Crevel, was found dead in his home oh, no. in Albion Park. Mark Valera's sister, Belinda Van Crevel, had offered a friend $2,000 to kill her dad because oh. she said the dad, who Mark Valera claimed molested him when he was a boy, Mark Valera's sister is now saying he he's molesting me. her to her two-year-old. Oh. So his own grandchild. That's right. what she's claiming. Yep. Uh, she also wanted her dad dead because she blamed him for Mark ending up in jail. So it sounds like Mark and Belinda were very close. Yeah,
1: right. Okay.
0: The friend who carried out the murder was a guy called Keith Schreiber. He had been a housemate of Mark Valera's and he was also a suspect at one point in the first murder, the David O'Hearn one. Sure. Um, to kill... The father, Jack Van Crevel, he snuck into his house after midnight, after midnight with an axe. He stood over him saying, you effing pedophile bastard. I don't know why after telling you all that gruesome stuff i have taken. you out. You're saying
1: effing now. Effing. Mm, that's where we were at. Because that's where that's we're we're right. I've
0: typed it. I've done F dot, dot, Yeah. Dot. Um, you pedophile. Say the word. <laughs> You fucking pedophile bastard. You'll never molest another kid again. He said he used a fire poker to finish killing him and then he carved up the body with a knife. Fire poker. Mm, Nasty. Yeah. Uh, While the attack was happening, Belinda was in bed with her two-year-old. Oh. Heard the whole thing. She says she got under the covers with her daughter until the noises, noises stopped and then she opened the bedroom door. She saw blood in the hall. So she grabbed her daughter and went to the police station to report the attack. There is another version of this that I read, can't remember which mm-hmm. one it was, that said they all got up and went and watched TV for a while and had some Vegemite sandwiches and then went to the police People station. People do
1: that. They do the darndest things after a murder. Do they? Yeah. <laughs> there is a murderer who I won't say the case. Yeah. Did his murdering. Yep. Bought a coffee and a pie, huh? I think. What? Took a shit in an alleyway. What? Went home, went to bed. That's so weird.
0: Yeah. Are they in like a trance or something? No,
1: yeah. People do strange, Mm. strangely calm things after murders.
0: That is weird. Mind you, I have to say, if I was a robber and I broke into someone's house, I would totally eat out of their fridge. What? Wouldn't you just go through and see what they've got?
1: No, it's like eating out of the work fridge.
0: Well, I definitely look in people's cupboards at open houses. No, I don't. I do. What if they see you? They won't. Uh, So this Keith Schreiber, I don't trust you with anything now. You're never coming to my house. do you just want to see
1: how other people live?
0: Everyone wants to see how other people live. Kirsten, stop encouraging her by nodding. (laughs) God. (laughs) They do. So Keith Schreiber was arrested the next day. He told police he killed uh, this Jack Van Crevel for what he had done to Mark and Belinda and he himself said that, he had been sexually abused by a teacher when he was at primary school, so he just hated anybody mm. who sexually abused anybody. Yeah, uh, He was charged with murder and sentenced to life with a minimum of 12 years. In 2012, he was granted parole after serving 12 years. However, he was sent back to jail later that year. It was, it, he, he just couldn't adapt to normal life. Sure. And he wouldn't do what his parole officer said. Um, Belinda Van Crevel was sentenced to six years jail for, what is it, when you order a hit, someone to get murdered. Yeah, you order a hit. Yeah. And I think they weren't necessarily convinced that she was this, that she'd just gone, oh, help me someone, please. Mm. Uh, She maybe had a more active part than she was letting on. Uh, She was released in 2007, arrested again in 2010 and charged with assault and theft. It actually sounded to me like her life's just been a mess ever since the Mm. incident. Uh, 2013, she was arrested again, psychotic on a mix of drugs and alcohol. She stabbed her boyfriend. He survived. But she nearly killed him, and he later said that Belinda was calling him Jack and thinking that he was her father when she attacked him. So she got three years jail for that. Incident after incident, um, charged with... Pawning a stolen mobile phone, yeah, methamphetamine possession, petty theft. yeah, exactly, shitty drug user uh, crimes. Exactly. Here's a typical one: mm. 2017 got a 15 month jail term for stealing an elderly woman's handbag. Yeah, like, just desperate and yeah, depraved and crappy stuff. And I'm not completely without sympathy for her. Like she, the- no, no, no. So her mother, Elizabeth you know Carroll, had left the house when she was just a toddler. So both these kids had been left with this abusive man. Mm. Um, there's a journalist by the name of Greg Bearup who wrote about her in 2001 and he said hers was a story – this is Belinda mm-hmm. – a story about a world without compassion where the normal bounds of morality have no meaning, which made me very sad.
1: Yeah. Just, oh, I, like I said before, you know me, I'm a real criminal yeah. sympathiser sometimes. So yeah. I just feel like – yeah – You can understand. You can see why people end up where they end up.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, In that interview... She told the journal, Greg Bearup, Mark was that angry. It had been building up for years and it was like he was going to explode. We suffered years of abuse from that bastard, my father. I mean, he held a gun to Mark's head one day and said that he was going to blow his brains out and Mark peed his pants. He would always say to Mark that he had dark skin and that he wasn't his boys and that he didn't want, want him. Mm. He'd beat me every day, she said at the time. I thought he would kill me. Every day I lived in fear. I thought I was dead. He'd end up killing me he was a sadist I believe he got off on what he did and it wasn't going to stop and that is the end of the story but it doesn't just show you like one I can bad understand person, that, how though. they can yeah and her daughter as far as I know was taken from her mm. um, probably being raised by someone else I'd say I can't imagine she's been given back given the state of her it's sad isn't it it's really sad
1: yeah it's really really sad mm. um before I do my story, I actually have to thank you, Kirst, because I listened back to our episodes from when I was having oh, a coughing
0: fit. I know what you're going to say, and I'm get, I'm ready to. You give her can't a round of even tell I was having a coughing fit. Kirsten, editing queen. It was really seamless, I know. except
1: for that one little mutley situation I had, where I was like <laughs> yes. trying to do it away from the camera, from the uh, microphone. Sorry. Yeah. Um, You will not believe how much
0: I coughed through that whole episode. I know. It was getting, like, really annoying. I know. I know.
1: And it almost got to the point where I was thinking, I can't keep talking. We're not going to podcast because (laughs) it was so bad. You did a tremendous job. Genius. Yeah. It was really – and I was listening and driving and going, when is the coughing going to happen? And I was (laughs) like, I'm sure I was struggling through this whole thing. Um, So – This story is is quite horrific. Again, it's one I've covered in court. Um, But I'm going to start the story the same way the judge started the sentence okay okay and he started like this in the early 1990s singer-songwriter Archie Roach released the mournful walking into doors the song begins in this way you say you're a man you understand but you don't you should lend her a helping hand but you won't because I'm a man I don't understand but I try she always does what I command while she cries why should we do what We do, and sleep at night. The crazy things we put her through, it isn't right. So, my brothers, don't hurt her anymore. She's got her law, you got yours, and she's sick and tired of walking into doors. Did the judge do all of that? Yeah. What? It was weird. With music? Nah, he just said it. Not even reading it? Memorised it? Well, I think he had it in front of him. What song are you word perfect on? Oh, this is one of my hidden talents. I am a lyrical genius. Really? Yeah. I can, like, so we'll be in the car and a song will come on and I'll be word perfect, just killing it, killing it. And Nicholas is always just like, how? How do you know all the words to
0: this song? I'm like, I don't know. I think what I would love more than anything is to be on one of those shows where they're driving around, like the block or something. Car karaoke? Well, no, but they're oh. being filmed. Yeah. You know, but they look, try and look like they don't know they're being filmed and they're singing along. Yeah. And I would want to be. Yeah. Or like I'm James really good. Corden or something. Yeah. Yeah. the car, There was something about the acoustics in the car. Yeah. I'm real good. But what song? Give me a song.
1: Oh, any song. Like I can do rap, I can do romantic, slow, anything. Mine are all old. And you've got the lyrics down. Yeah.
0: I'm pretty good. Wow. Yeah. Anyway. I can do Billy Joel scenes from an Italian. Restaurant. Oh, okay, so when the that song comes on, are you like, I'm on. I'm on. I'm ready. Brenda and Eddie were a couple of steadies, king and the queen of the prom. Riding around with the car top down and the radio on. Nobody looked any finer. I was more of a hit at the Parkway diner. Yeah, say so, yeah, so so you, you just kill it. Got it. Okay, so the judge
1: said that song at the start of the uh, sentence. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the song's about? Have you picked it up? Yeah. Man yeah. always telling her what to do. She's always doing it. Yeah. It's about domestic violence pretty much. Okay, so this is the story of Jessie Donker. She was 29 at the time this story took place. I actually don't have a year for this story, but it was it's recent. So Jessie was in love with a man called Richard Powell. It started as any relationship does with love and mutual respect and it ended in violence. Mm. Jessie had children from a previous relationship. And her and Richard also had a couple of kids together. Uh, Richard was very much regarded as a good man, except for when he was on drugs. His choice was uh, ice, and he used often. Mm. Mm. Uh, when he was fueled by drugs, he would often end up in serious and violent arguments with Jesse. And on top of all of his drug use, he was suspicious and controlling.
0: Do you reckon that's because of the – does the drugs give you paranoia? And, yeah,
1: they do, yeah. but I think that he was like that
0: yeah. as well. Okay. Uh,
1: even when Jesse was pregnant with their children, he would grab her around the throat <gasps> and push her around. We're getting oh, a bit of an idea.
0: Yeah. Do you know what? There was something – I was listening back to one of ours or something, somewhere where – no, it was one of yours mm. where the bloke pushed the girl and I thought that's one of my most – hated things is it sounds like nothing to push someone but it's so shocking yeah Mm. it's horrible to be to be pushed isn't it it's fright you get a fright yeah it's that (gasps) feeling and being made to move to somewhere you don't want to like Mm. yeah it's it's yucky yeah okay it's horrible uh, police
1: were often called to those incidents. However, every time they turned up, and this is so common in domestic violence uh, situations, Jessie would always plead with the officers not to charge him. She would make up cover stories and she would understate how bad the violence mm. was. Mm. Uh, now, she did all of this because at the end of the day, she loved him. Yeah, And that has to be remembered. In these horrible relationships, it's still possible for
0: the victim to to love the abuser yes we know and, that and it's a cycle i had a good friend who was abused by her husband mm-hmm. and he would do awful things for when he was drunk mm-hmm. and then the next morning he'd be crying and yeah. literally yep. at her feet going please i'm sorry i'll never do it again totally and because she loved him she would forgive, forgive him, him and then another day would go and then yep. he'd do it again yep um
1: now she wasn't an entirely a pushover. She would often have her say when she felt she needed to. She would speak up um, and she would fight back. But the issue with that was every time she did it, it would just make him angrier Mm. and she would never win. So there was a period of about 15 months during their relationship where Richard went to jail. Uh, He was in there for drug trafficking, but this was a real moment for Jesse in her life. So prior to him going in, the couple had been in a toxic, toxic, turbulent relationship. Mm-hmm. They'd lost custody of their children and their fighting was out of control. In the time she was away from him, when he went to jail, mm-hmm. she wanted to make a change. She wanted to be a better person. She stopped using drugs completely. She got a job cleaning toilets. She then got a better job um, as an admin assistant in an accounting firm. Good girl. She was doing really well. At the urging of a colleague, she started playing social netball. Uh, She found a house to rent. Uh, She had her children returned to her. She was happy and stable and she was free of violence and she felt good about herself. Mm -hmm. So she's made a real turnaround with Richard in jail. But then Richard got out of jail. Mm. Um, It was okay for a while. Jesse fell pregnant again with his child being the third for them. And while Richard was unemployed, she was still going to work and she was taking him to his parole appointments as well. But then Richard started using ice again and his violent streak came back. Isn't it amazing that she turned her life around and she was doing so well? Um, Along with that ice use and the violence, uh, his jealousy also returned and that extended to him becoming jealous about her playing netball. Oh, God. Right? Yeah. And uh, her playing netball and her going to work. So eventually she just couldn't go to work anymore because he was being so violent about it mm. and she lost her job. Oh! Not only did oh she God. lose her job, but she fell out with the people that she was playing netball with. Her baby ended up being born premature um, and without her job, they lost their rental home. So, she's gone from having this stable, stable, stable everything to all of a sudden, they've got nothing. Mm. They did get some government assistance, but by this point, we're in July 2016, I've written the date now, they're homeless.
0: God. So, where are they living, I wonder?
1: Yeah. So, they were living in her car.
0: Oh, dear.
1: And this is a real thing to remember when you see homeless people. They literally, she was an admin assistant. She was playing netball and she had a house. All of a sudden she was homeless. That's how quickly it can happen. So the children were taken into state care and in the end they ended up with Richard's parents. Now, uh, Jessie would often park her car, which was her home, near Richard's parents' house so that she could feel close to her children and so that she could easily see them. Oh, this is so sad. Isn't it? I don't know why they didn't live with the parents, but I'm guessing it was because of the drug use and the violence and all that kind of thing. So uh, Richard would stay in the car with her from time to time. But again, he was abusive, so it didn't happen all the time. As for Jessie, she was literally at her lowest of the lows. Because mm. I think it's one thing to be homeless for a really long period of time. It's another to get everything back and then be homeless again. Yes. That is so devastating. So she'd gone from having hope and a future to having nothing. Her five month old baby is gone. Mm. Um, and she's also started using drugs again. Right. So now we fast forward, we go to the 7th of January, 2017. Uh, It's summer in Melbourne and it's been a hot, it's a hot day. Jesse and Richard had taken uh, their children to swim at his sister's house Mm -hmm. because it was a hot day. Later in that day, they returned the children to his parents' house. Mm -hmm. Now, Jesse was the one who had to take the children inside when they arrived at Richard's parents' house yeah. because his parents had banned him from coming into their home. Right. gives you a bit of a picture. Yeah. Now, while she was in there giving the children back, Richard text sent a text message to his mum saying that he was leaving because he didn't want to wait in a hot car while Jesse was inside an air-conditioned house. Hmm. Yeah, okay. just a bit of a... Gives you a bit of an idea. Um, his mum tells Jesse this. Richard just sent me this text message. She's huffed something under her breath and she left the house with the baby. Right. So as Jesse she comes outside and she's putting something into the boot of the car. Richard reverses the car. I don't know if it hits her, but it would have at least given her a fright. She's not dead.
0: Okay, would have knocked her over though,
1: right? She comes around, she gets into the car. You got to remember, she was holding a child when he did that. Oh, my God. She comes around, yeah. she straps the child into the car. She gets into the car, she gets in the front seat, yeah. and he punches her in the chest.
0: Oh, mm.
1: she punches him back. Yeah, he starts choking her. God, she was running out of air at this point. She's—he's really choking her. She fight a random object in the car and you remember I said earlier when she fights back he gets angrier Um, so he sees her grab the random object and he starts punching her in the face Mm. and he doesn't stop. He eventually does stop and he tells her to drive the car but She's trying to drive the car, but her face is covered in blood, and she can't see where she's going. She stops the car. She gets out. She takes her baby out, and she walks back to his parents' house. Um, They obviously see the injury on her because she's covered in blood, Um, and neighbors have seen all of this going on and they call the police. Yeah. Police arrive. She refuses to make a statement. She refuses medical assistance. She oh, says they've just goodness. had a fight and she loves him and she doesn't need any help. They go their separate ways that night and Jessie sleeps in her car in the car park of a kindergarten. Now, at this point, I need to bring in a man called Matthew Powell, who's Richard's brother. Mm-hmm. That night, he sees a post on Facebook written by Richard, and it says, Shit got that bad, and it isn't getting any better. Time to get the fuck out of Dodge.
0: What does that mean? Mm.
1: So when he reads this, he thought Richard was going to kill himself, which he had attempted to do before. So the brother wasn't being over the top or dramatic because they've had these scares. So he texts Richard... They exchange a few messages, and in those uh, messages, Richard said he was angry at his parents and Jesse, and he accused his brother. Of sleeping with Jesse. Oh, So God there's sake. that suspicious, yes, jealous.
0: Paranoia, stupidity.
1: In the end, Matthew ends up driving around the area. And I don't know if Richard had told him where he was or if he just came across him. Yeah. But he finds Richard and he picks him up. Right. In the conversations that they have over a couple of hours, they were sitting in the spa at someone's house. Um, they enjoyed some beers and bongs. And Richard said he was mad at Jesse and accused her of making statements to police. Um, even though we know she hadn't. Mm-hmm. So he's saying she's gone and routed to the cops, blah, 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 blah. And but she's done nothing of the yeah. sort. Yeah. Matthew asked his brother if he wanted to stay the night. He said no. So Matthew drove him around looking for Jessie. She's in the car at the kindergarten, yeah. sleeping. But they tried to look for her. They couldn't find her. So uh, in the end, he was going to stay. He said he was going to stay somewhere. Yeah. And they parted ways around 5.30 in the morning. Okay. Okay. Now, by six o'clock, Richard finds Jessie sleeping in her car in the car park of the kindergarten. Mm -hmm. And you'll remember I said around this time, Melbourne, it was summer, it was hot. So Jessie had been sleeping with the windows down. Right. He reached through an open door and he pulled Jessie out by her hair, Mm. screaming. He again punched her in the face. So she's already got all these injuries from being yeah. punched in the face. He punches her in the face again. They begin to argue. He claimed she had stolen his family. He called her a slut. He said many other insulting things that he knew would hurt her. Now, it's unclear what happened at this point, but somehow Jesse ends up back in the car. So she's gotten away from him. She ends up back in the car. She's in the driver's seat. Mm. Um, I'm going to use some of the judge's words here. It says, thus, after years of Mr. Powell's violence, after numerous unsuccessful attempts at defending herself, after losing her recently hard-won gains, including her home, her job, and most importantly, the care of her children, after being forced to live in a car, after being choked and having her eyebrows split by him again the night before, after being viciously dragged out of her car by the hair as she tried to sleep, after all that, Miss Donker could take 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 no more and finally snapped. At this point, Jessie is enraged and she drove at Richard at least four times in the car park. But she did not hit him with the car and she never wanted to. But she wanted to taunt him and she wanted to frighten him in the same way she had been taunted and frightened for years. She drove at him again and at this point he's running around the car park. Hmm. But this time when she... Drives at him. She hits a pole that had a parking sign on it. Yeah. She reversed and, again, intending not to hit him but only to frighten him. He's hiding behind the pole. Yeah. She tried to squeeze the car between the parking sign and a fence. The left front corner of the car struck the pole. Yeah. Which then bent at an angle. Yeah. That came down like a swinging axe. do Don't chopped Rich's head in half. No. I mean,
0: yes, but...
1: He was killed instantly. Wow. Did you think the whole time Jesse was going to die? Yes, that's
0: kind of
1: how I thought it was going to play out. But this is just
0: another awful
1: thing for her to deal with. She stopped, she got out of the car and she ran over to help him. She screamed in horror at what she saw. While there was nothing medically that could be done to help him, she nevertheless immediately rang triple. 000 screaming, wow. please help me, help me, help me, help me. Neighbours who would witness this also start calling Triple Zero. Gosh, okay. She gets back in the car and she drives to his parents' house around the corner. They answer the door and she's standing there screaming, I've killed him, I've killed him. Mm. His father and brother, they go to the car park. They obviously see oh, him in God. that state. They cover him with a cloth and they stopped his mother coming to the car park yeah um police photographs taken at the time and later that morning show the cut to miss donker's right eyebrow and a swollen and bruised right eye Mm. a medical examination conducted soon after her arrest not only revealed the cut but swelling and bruising around her face as well as redness and tenderness to the right side of her neck bruising on her uh back of her arms, her upper arms, the back of her hand, her upper left arm, her lower. She's covered in So it was obvious she has been beaten she's up. She's yep. beaten up. Now, while she was, when she was being interviewed by police, she did lie. She said he jumped out in front of her car, but she eventually told them the truth. Mm-hmm. She was charged with murder, but agreed to plead guilty to manslaughter. Mm-hmm. Now, the judge broke down her sentence and he said her offending was a serious example of manslaughter for four reasons. She'd used a dangerous weapon, being the car. Mm. She was charging that weapon at him to frighten him. The fatal act was the fourth time that vehicle had been charged at him. So it wasn't like it was the first yes. time and then yeah. it happened and it was freakish. Um her response to the violent and provocative behaviour was excessive, unlawful, unlawful and dangerous. But he also said it could be looked at in this way. She didn't mean to hit him. She could never have guessed that the sign would fall and hit him and kill him exactly. in the way that it yep. did. Yeah, He had been aggressive and it was reasonable for her to think that he may be aggressive again. Yeah, And she was reasonable in her thoughts. There was no point calling police.
0: Hang on. No. But she but she didn't have time to call the police. No.
1: And fourth, to use the judge's words, Miss Donker was simply minding her own business, sleeping for goodness sake, when Mr Powell invaded her sanctuary, her yeah, private space, yeah. and behaved in an appalling manner. Miss Donker did not go looking for trouble. Rather, the trouble came to her. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: The judge found that she was extremely remorseful. I remember her sentence. She was shattered for what she'd done. There was no doubt at all about that. The judge said, I regard this as an unusual case calling for an unusual sentence. I think that an element of mercy is due to Miss Donker because of the circumstances in which she offended, including the provocation under which she laboured and the relationship of domestic violence to which she was subjected. She will also have to live forever with the fact that she killed the father of her two children. Hmm. She went to jail. She got five years with a minimum of two.
0: Okay, fair. I th- I think so. Yeah. I mean, I know she didn't mean to do it, but you've killed another person. Mm. There has and to be his, a price for I remember that.
1: his family were furious at that sentence.
0: Too bad. Yeah.
1: And, you know, and. But it's, it, uh, hang on, that's interesting. So it,
0: it sounds like they were very sympathetic to her side of things if they were looking after the children yeah. and she had access to the house and he didn't. I think so. So they, more than anyone, knew what she'd been through.
1: Yeah. She still killed someone at the end of the day. She still took a life, even in a freakish, unmeaningful way. What did she look like? Was she
0: a big person, a little person? Uh,
1: she's a big person. Mm. You want to see a photo?
0: Yeah, I just wondered whether she was like a small, defenceless sort of of person. No,
1: she wasn't small. Well, she sometimes people put on weight in custody. So, but I think you'll be quite surprised by what she looks like. This is obviously a photo from. I
0: would lose weight in custody. I don't think I've I've watched sixty days in. I don't like the look of what they have.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, she just looks like normal, Mm. just normal average build. I'd say. Yeah. Would you put? Do you watch sixty days in? Yes. Yes, what? Kirsten, put oh, your microphone on. It's so good. So good. Law. Yes. Have you been watching the most recent season? No, Sorry. Three. Oh, well, you have to. Is that season three? Abner. Uh, I'm not sure what it is. Okay. They're in P- Pinal County Jail, oh, but so the yeah. food does not look good. No. With Brooke and Jasmine.
1: No. Maybe I have seen that one.
0: It's, it's the one that's currently playing. Is there a police officer
1: inside?
0: Yes. Yes. And they call him Prince. Oh no! I thought the police officer was a woman. Maybe not. Oh, Maybe no! I've it must be it. another one. I, I tuned out because I don't know what you're talking about. Well, my you don't know what you're missing. Sixty <clears throat> days in, it's the best. It. But everyone's onto it. Well, yeah, so they put um, normal people. Into jail. Oh, I'd be into that. Where do you watch that? The On Foxtel, 60 days in. The oh, jail doesn't Foxtail. know. They've, so all the staff at the jail oh. don't know. And they do it so that they can get these. A real experience. Spies, yeah, and to spy and to make things better. You know, mm. how are the drugs getting snuck in? Who's, yeah. Who's running the show and all the rest of it. It's amazing. I watched
1: a, because um, I went through a real binging of jail shows, mm. and they talk to each other through the toilets I saw that too. Yes. <laughs> yes. So they worked out in the prison that all the toilet systems are connected, so on all the different levels. And oh. it's – it makes me feel horrific. They, like, get all the water out of the toilets. Yes. And you have to kind of plan it. And they start yelling into the toilet. <laughs> they do. Yeah. They start yelling and they start – so they get all the water out and they, they're those stainless steel <laughs> toilets, right, and they start yelling – Yeah, are you there? Are you there? And then they go, yeah, baby, I'm here. And they talk through the toilets, but they all get really bad skin because you're putting your face in, in the fucking feces bowl oh, and so they all get really bad pimples and like they interviewed another it was American, they interviewed another inmate and she was like, I don't fucking do that, you get pimple, you get shit face from doing oh. that but some of them have like full on relationships through the
0: through the toilet. Yeah, they say get, get on the bowl. Really? Yeah. It's interesting how the smallest thing becomes enormous yeah. in the one I'm watching at the moment. They're, if they're Going to have a fight, they take their socks off. So this oh. guy's standing there. He stands on. up. Yeah, takes off his little his crocs. You know, he's like plastic yeah. shoes takes his socks off but tries to look threatening while he's done. Rolls his trousers up a couple of rolls. He's ready to fight. And then puts his little slippers back on again. It's like, I'm ready. I'm thinking, buddy, have a look at yourself. You've got slippers and rolled up trousers and bony
1: ankles. You don't look threatening. Quick other jail story. In that same jail show, I can't remember what state in America it is, but for some reason part of the rec room, it has these (laughs) massive concrete slabs that has – uh, fencing. Yeah, what's that fencing like? Tornado fencing in the middle. Oh, yeah. But they can cyclone fencing. Yeah, cyclone fencing. And you knew it was
0: some kind of storm. Some sort of storm, storm fencing. fencing. What Wind is it? Fencing.
1: And the prisoners could squish their faces between the oh. cement blocks up against the fencing and yell at people on the street below. Yes. Yes. We were watching the same show. We were totally watching the same show. And then they get in trouble for yelling at the people down on the street. But it's like, if I was a prisoner, if I'm doing time, I'm yelling at everyone down there.
0: You would do anything to entertain yourself. Just get a thrill. Wouldn't you?
1: Absolutely.
0: Let's do a couple of quick old – well, you can – there's one email for you and I'll just do – I've just picked a couple of comments off of our Facebook page. Uh, One was from Shane. He said, SV is kidding herself. What? If she thinks that orange is the best tasting cordial, (gasps) cola, lime, any other flavour. No, I'm down
1: with cola and lime. But orange was just my OG flavour as a – I don't know. Maybe my parents thought orange was kind of healthy – because we already maybe. know they were Thought shit out see. for giving me that to start <laughs> off with. But they, maybe they went orange. So it's just, I agree. Yes, lime
0: is Okay. Shane amazing. Uh, has written that any other flavour is inferior. I think he meant oh. superior, but anyway, that's right. Uh, in response to episode 67, which was that No, the, he would have meant inferior. Any other flavour is inferior. Yeah. Yeah. Because
1: lime is no, the superior flavour.
0: No, he's saying, you're kidding yourself if you think orange is the best. Cola lime or any other flavor is superior to your oh, orange. That you, cola? You tried. cola? Cola cordian.
1: <laughs> I'm out on him on cola. Just like flat coke. Hey, if you does, want to have yeah. a can of coke, you have a can of coke.
0: I like coke flat and warm. I don't yeah. like it cold and I don't anyway, like too many you've bubbles. Already, uh, you've had us
1: at dip, so don't. You're done.
0: 67 was the try. That pink one. Is it Taramis
1: Taramisalamelata? Tara
0: oh. <laughs> I love oh. that.
1: I love that. Nico eats that in like a,
0: in it's the It's actually bucket making full. my my stomach, my stomach it's Do that flip thing. It's fishy. I'm going to do like a. Burp I love in it. A minute. <laughs> 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 um, the tri-state crem- crematory, crem uh, crem Barbara says, uh, "Dede, you sounded like Nathan Lane from the Birdcage." Doing a John Wayne impression. That's the best movie. I love that. Where it's been a trip, trying to be so manly. Uh, she nearly ran on the road, off the road. And Cassandra says, this stacked coffin thing reminds me of a YouTube interest of mine, oh, where people explore abandoned buildings.
1: Oh, oh I've that. done that. I looked up the Big Brother house in Queensland.
0: It's gone. Burned down.
1: Yeah, but people snuck in there and
0: took videos oh, no. of how... Abandoned, it was. Yeah, love that I like stuff. that. Uh, and one was a weird memorial mound. And then she's got brackets. No jokes, Teddy. What what mound am I going to make a? Apart from mound. The, the Mons Venus, which is the the curve like the VW bomb that's your vagina. That's a gunt. <laughs> that's what it is, right? What?
1: Uh, it's a bad word, and gut. got.
0: <laughs> and a bad word.
1: <laughs> That's what it is. Don't, don't act like you're shook about it. Like I'm the first person to say that word. That's what no, it is.
0: A mound. Okay. A uh, uh, mound with dead bodies left in coffins in mound. an Ikea-type stacking arrangement. I don't think Ikea are going to be keen on being compared to, I think, no. And you can read that one there that was a little email that came
1: Okay. In. This is from Ruth. She says, hey, uh, Chanel, DD, and cursed. Nice things. Nice things. Oh, I thought I saw Chanel out front of the county court on Thursday the 25th of September at 1pm-ish. You probably did. That's when I come out at 1pm-ish. That's when the court break is. I wasn't sure if it was her and I was too shy to ask. It was so hard to not yell out nice things, nice things. Anyhow, you should have just come up to me. I'm all about it because I go up to strangers and say weird shit all the time. She says, anywho, love the show, keep up the great work. What was I doing? I'm just looking at my Don't diary. To go back through I've Chanel's
0: got... diary. Why did you have a weird Wedding dress fitting on that day? No, we already know about the wedding dress. It was one bang done, one and done. I'm going to make a prediction. I'm, you're going to buy a different wedding dress? You're going to go off the one you've already <laughs> no, got? No, I'm not
1: because I've already paid for it and there's no going back on oh, that. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. yep. it's happening. Whether we like it or not, it's happening.
0: I'm looking in my diary. There's a lovely lady named Diana at my local bakery. She's very sweet and her daughter's getting married. And every time I go in there, I actually really look forward to her. ask what's happening with the wedding? Bit of <laughs> They've got the venue nailed. It's And uh, today she was telling me that her daughter's had this lovely gown made and she's going to get a couture outfit for the mother of the bride. And she was sort of umming and ahhing, should, should I? Is that too extravagant? I said, no, you go for it. You have something made for you. I think Nico's mum's getting something
1: made, but anyway.
0: Because it's a special day for them. She can't have you looking better than her. Well, there you are. That's uh, episode. We mm, leave it there. Because I can't remember what number we're up to. 71. That's it. 71. And now, if you've got, if you've seen a dead body, Let Tony Tardio, you. who is adorable, He's going to tell you now how you can send your story to us. Dead Bodies is created by Dede Dunleavy and Chanel Vela and produced by Kirsten Lim Howe. Contact us at deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com.